Welcome to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Lyon, and I want to thank you for joining me as we explore the world of small grains production and research at Washington State University. In each episode, I speak with researchers from WSU and the USDA ARS to provide you with insights into the latest research on wheat and barley production. If you enjoy the WSU Wheat Beat podcast, do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. And leave us a review while you're there so others can find the show too. We have split today's episode into two parts. This is the second half of our two-part episode with Evan Crane. Uh, well, I've been to a few um, festivals where where beer has been uh, present, and uh, they can get rather interesting at times. I'm, I'm wondering uh, what it was like for you to conduct a sensory evaluation study at a brew fest, and what kind of results did you see uh, from that uh, testing? Yeah, it it was <laughs> quite an experience. Um, so that whole process I just described with this the consumer panel that was all done in in sensory booths. So people are blocked off. They're really focused. There's not a lot of distractions. Uh, you know, everything's under the same lighting conditions, things like that. So it's a very controlled environment. And as you can imagine, a brew fest is kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum. And so one question that we were really interested in was what kind of information can we get from people in a setting like that? So the um, this was actually the second year of the same varieties that were grown and used in the first study uh, were grown on a much larger scale. Uh, and then they were sent to a, a craft malt house and they were malted on a commercial scale. And so what came out of that was enough malt that then breweries could uh, buy the malt. And it was, uh, it was sold at a pretty competitive price as part of the, the research project. But they could buy the, the malt of these experimental or you know, new potential barley varieties and brew beers with them. And a lot of breweries did brew beers with them. So we had a partner brewery over in Olympia who brewed a beer for uh, that we ended up using in this festival so they they actually brewed four of the four beers for us to work with uh three of those were wsu breeding lines and then one was that control variety copeland and the reason we lost one of the varieties is because uh, it went into the variety release pipeline and that is now palmer uh, spring barley released by by kevin and so at the Brewfest, when people were tasting these beers, we first just had them rank the beers, which is a relatively easy task for someone to do. I mean, it's, it's intuitive in that we rank a lot of things in our life. So just tasting them and then ranking them was a pretty easy ask. Uh, but we didn't just stop there. We wanted them to describe it in their own words. We were thinking... People going to a brew fest, you know, maybe they're they're beer geeks or beer nerds, or they're really into beer, or maybe they just like beer, or maybe they were just there to have a good time. We were going to get a whole different group of people tasting these beers, and so we wanted to have them describe it in their own words. They'd be uninhibited in terms of the terms. They wouldn't be selecting from a list. We wouldn't be 
influencing them in any way. And we got some pretty interesting responses, a lot of, a lot of different uh, descriptions from people. And then we also asked them to use a beer flavor map that has been published with all sorts of different terms. Um, it's broken out by taste. So things like sweet, sour, and bitter mouthfeel. So what do the bubbles feel like? Is there any astringency or like a drying sensation in your mouth? And then all kinds of aroma categories. So fruity, citrus, earthy, nutty, all kinds of different things. And we had them select from those categories. And we didn't see as many differences in terms of the flavor profiles that we got. It was like you mentioned for the consumer panel, your reaction to that, it was kind of all over the place. And the big differences that we saw were, were some of those taste attributes. So things like uh, sour or bitter, things that are easier to perceive, more natural sensations when you're tasting something. And so those differences that we saw there was one breeding line that was ranked lower than all the rest. And that beer uh, was actually a really challenging to malt for the maltster because in the field, it had really variable protein content, which is a huge indicator of grain quality and whether or not a harvest is going or a crop is going to make it to a malt house but it was malted anyway as part of the study. And what we learned from that is because of that really variable protein content from the field, it had really variable malting and malt quality. And it was a challenging barley to work with and to brew a beer with. And people described that beer as uh, sour, as bitter and as dairy actually came out of all of those responses as something that stood out for that one in particular. So not really great descriptors for a beer that you would want to enjoy at a brew fest. And we're thinking that's why it was ranked lower than the others. Okay. Uh, a question that pops into my head is how, how big are these samples you're having people uh, take? I, I'm thinking back to one of my first wine tastings I had, and I think there were going to be like eight flights of wine. And I, I was done after three because <laughs> my sample size was a little too large for me. Uh, what, 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 how much uh, beer they consume of each one as they're, as they're trying to uh, make these determinations for you? It's around, um, it's basically one ounce. So if you can imagine like a one ounce, like a, a shot glass or something like that, that's how much each person was getting. So in total, they would be consuming around four ounces of beer. And the primary reason for that is when we go get this research certified to work with human subjects to do this sensory, um, we don't want to give people too much. You know, they're already at the brew fest. So that was the quantity that was deemed to be appropriate. We also gave them uh, crackers when they were tasting to kind of offset the consumption of the alcohol. And then something that people really went wild for was as a compensation for their time and all their information, they got a three ounce portion of Cougar Gold cheese, which if you've ever gone over to the west side of the state, uh, it is 
a highly lucrative product <laughs> to come by. So people were ecstatic. A lot of cougs there. And when they saw the sign, uh, taste beer for cheese, they were pretty much sold. <laughs> Very good. I, I find this really interesting because it's a good marriage between genetics and what, you know, the kind of story I, I get a lot when I talk to uh, uh, plant breeders and then this consumer side, this less uh, uh, exact science, more um, sensory thing. I think that that's really pretty interesting. And I, I think the marriage of those two things are interesting. Are you finding it to be somewhat challenging to marry those two things or they come together pretty easy for you? I find it really fascinating. So it's easy for me to, to think of these projects and how, how to bring those two things together. Uh, there's a little bit of um, discovery or exploration in terms of you know, how are we going to do this? Um, how are we going to design a study to answer these questions? They're pretty new trying to bring these things together. But there's some some great folks who are working on similar questions and other products or in, in other plants, things like, uh, vegetable crops, um, Oregon state university is doing a lot of great research on barley and barley flavor. And, uh, like Julie Dawson at UW Madison, who is an, uh, graduated from Steve Jones program. She's doing really great work with sensory with, uh, vegetables. So, um, there are great resources out there. And yeah, it's just a, a really cool field to be in and that kind of nexus of plant science and food science and consumer behavior. And uh, we're just going to have to keep doing these studies because each one is, is kind of a snapshot in time. You know, we grab the people from the brew fest that want to do the study or we recruit people to come in for two days and taste it. And then my job is to obsess over analyzing all the data and making it make sense but we have to remind ourselves that it was just that one snapshot in time it was kind of a one-off so it's a it's a hard trait to work on flavor you know each person is going to perceive things differently they're going to report that perception differently they might not have the words or the the right uh, vocabulary or language to take what they're experiencing and then tell you what it is so it's a, a challenging thing to work in, but we're very thankful to have great collaborators like Carolyn Ross, who's been doing really great work in wine and other products and was a huge help for these, these malt and beer sensory studies. Well, thank you, Evan, for coming in and talking a little bit about your uh, dissertation work. We wish you very well uh, as you uh, work on this and finish up your, your PhD. Um, We'll uh, be looking forward to seeing the results of your work at some time in the near future. Thanks. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thanks for joining us and listening to the WSU Wheat Beat Podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear on future episodes, please email me at drew.lyon, that's L-Y-O-N, at wsu.edu. 
You can find us online at smallgrains.wsu.edu and on Facebook and Twitter at WSU Small Grains. The WSU Wheat Beat Podcast is a production of Connors Communications in the College of Agricultural, Human, and Natural Resource Sciences at Washington State University. I'm Drew Lyon. We'll see you next time.